Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. morning. Happy Thanksgiving. If you are new to our church, my name is Dave, and it's my privilege to serve as lead pastor here at Harvest. And uh, this is our Thanksgiving Sunday. Thanksgiving is still coming up in a few days. According to the official holiday, you probably have more celebrations at your house. But this is a Sunday where we pause as a church to think about who God is to us and how many reasons he's given us to be grateful. Uh, I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm not going to give a long message. Some of you, I'm sure, with short attention spans will be exceedingly happy about that. It's going to be a very short message, but we're going to do something at the tables together that will not even threaten the introverts too much. Okay? So if you're an introvert and you saw the round tables and you almost went home before you entered the building, we're not going to do something terribly uncomfortable for you. But I think you're going to be blessed. You're going to be encouraged by what we do at the tables today. Um, the, the title of the message, if we can uh, get that. There we go. The title of the message is Giving Thanks. And all I did was take the word Thanksgiving and flip it around and put the second part in the front. And if you really think about it, that is, in fact, what we're actually doing. Uh, Thanksgiving just kind of rolls off the tongue as a simple word we're familiar with. It sounds like the name of a holiday. Uh, But I want to call attention to what exactly it is that we do on Thanksgiving. And probably by now, if you've been listening to radio, I mean, look at just in the back of this this high school cafeteria, all those post-it notes of things that students here are grateful for. What What a great thing for me to be staring at while I give this message. The topic of gratitude is probably not that far from any of our hearts and minds right now. And we most commonly thank people for what they've done for us or what they've given to us. Isn't that correct? And so we teach our children from the very youngest age, what do you say? Isn't that something you see all the time? What do you say? And of course the kid's like, oh yeah, thank you. And we're trained that that's the protocol in society, that when someone does something for you, when somebody gives something to you, you acknowledge that by saying the words, thank you. And I think that's perfectly appropriate. Please keep teaching your children how to do that. And you might even want to like, knock the, the shoulder of the person next to you and remind them, too, that even as adults, it matters that we express our gratitude. But I want, to, I want to look at a short passage that comes out of the first chapter of Ephesians. It's Ephesians, uh, guys, I'm sorry, this thing doesn't seem to be uh, advancing the slides. Could you just advance to the next slide? There's a short passage in Ephesians 1, verses 15 to 17, and this is what Paul writes. Ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. What stands out to me about this short passage 
is that while we typically thank other people for what they've done for us and what they've given to us, Paul here is filled with gratitude for the faith in his friends' lives. What he's saying is, yeah, you've done nice things for me. These people had prayed very faithfully for him through some of the hardest times in his life. They've offered him the gift of genuine friendship. And you know if you've been a spiritual leader, it's lonely at the top. Real friendship is a great blessing. It's a gift. They had helped financially. They had helped him physically. They had even helped him when he was in time of mortal danger. These are not people that were just passing friends to him, but he doesn't acknowledge any of those things at this occasion. But what he does say is, what I'm most grateful to God for is that when I look at you and when I hear news about your life, what I hear are reports of a people who are still very strong in their faith in Jesus Christ. People who are still filled with, driven by love for God and for other people. And what he's saying is, when I think about and hear about your faith, it actually causes my own faith to be strengthened and to grow. And I wonder if we realize just how important it has been to all of us to see the faith of other people in our lives stay constant and strong and what that has meant for us as we go through seasons of great doubt and struggle. I mean, think about the journey of your life. Has it always been this upward trajectory of positivity and optimism and praising Jesus and saying, my life is so good, my future is so bright, i got to wear shades? Is that everybody's story? Have you ever passed through a season? And when I say season, it sounds like it's so short, just a few months. But sometimes seasons last decades. Have you ever passed through a time so dark, so dry, so barren, where it's so hard to remember who you are. It's so hard to remember who God has been to you. But then you look around, and somewhere God has faithfully deposited in your life people who are not in that same valley, who are walking with the Lord in victory. And when you see them and their faith, rather than producing disgust or envy or discouragement, the effect it often has on you is it reminds me what's real. I can't see that, God, but watching you so genuinely follow him, the the way that you continue to stay after me, write me emails, pray for me, just smile when you see me, the way that you express your faith in God in front of me has carried me. And that's been my experience. I'm sure for many of you, you can say it's been your experience that what God used to get you through some of the darkest seasons in your life is the steady, strong, unwavering faith of a friend or family member he's deposited in your life. It might be that right now you are that person God is using to hold together the remnants of faith in another person's life. I wonder if we fully recognize or even acknowledge how important the faith of others has been to the sustaining of our own faith. When I was young, As young as some of the people on this side of the room, I was incredibly arrogant and proud and self-sufficient. And I really believed that everything I got and everything I experienced, I did for myself. Now I attend Wednesday night prayer meeting, which means I am in the nearly 50 and over crowd. And what I can say is age at least teaches you one thing. It teaches you that you would not be that old without other people. 
It teaches you that though you have fought to get where you are, all your fighting would have amounted to nothing without the small but steady faithfulnesses of other people. And can I just challenge you about something? Some of the things that have most upheld you are things you don't even know are happening. People praying for you in the middle of the night, foregoing sleep, forsaking food, fasting on your behalf, who won't tell you, hey, guess what, guess what? I spent the whole night praying for you. (laughs) Are you encouraged? They, They won't tell you that because that's just poor form. And it's not why they're doing it. But I wonder if we realize how much we have gotten to where we are because other people who don't even tout what they've done for us have just quietly, steadily, sacrificially been faithful for us faithful on our behalf. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have done already, if your child is one and a half, you've already done a million little unselfish things and that's why that little grub is still breathing. That human larva will keep living because you every night, every day, will do a million little things that they will never know. And then they'll become teenagers. And, you know, we all did this. I'm not just thinking about you guys. We all did this to our parents. We go, you don't love me, and I don't love you. <laughs> what have you ever done for me, mom and dad? And you're like, oh, murder were legal. I, seriously. How can you say something like that to us? But we do this all the time. The truth is, we are who we are because of a million little kindnesses we may never know about that other people have been doing for us. You may be sitting next to somebody who is keeping your soul alive through their prayers. And so I just want to ask you, when we do a little exercise later, not to be casual or superficial about any of this. It's easy to write a short note or just say, thanks, man. But what I'm asking of you today is to be truly thoughtful. And can you agree with me that true thinking is really hard to come across today? Really being thoughtful, applying your concentration, and listening to the voice of God. I want you to notice something else, though. Even though Paul is filled with gratitude for these people, he's not keeping it to himself. He's, in fact, writing this letter to the very friends he's thankful for, and he's letting them know, hey, you know what? I thank God for you, but that's really a sideways way of saying, I also thank you. I want you to know that I'm not just thankful all in secret, but I'm letting you know that you have been used by God to strengthen me. I am expressing gratitude to you because it matters that you know how God has used you. You know the effect you've had on me. Well, we're not ready for that slide just yet. We can, uh, okay, thank you. So the point is, It's not enough to simply feel thankful. Thanksgiving is not just an attitude. It is the act of expressing or or giving my thanks to someone. I, I believe it's appropriate that our thanks is given first to God because every good thing in our lives comes from him. That faithful friend isn't just faithful by themselves. God props them up every day, and he sent them to your life. So we first thank God, but then it's really important that we thank people. I think one of the greatest gifts God gives us are people who help us keep moving forward in our spiritual journey. 
consider the people that have most blessed you. And I'm not saying that as a, a sermon rhetorical question. I'm asking you to think right now for a second. Think about at least one person who consistently pops up in your mind in the category of that person has really blessed me. Here's another way of thinking about it. Think about a person who has given more to you than they've taken from you over the course of their life. Are there, there aren't a lot of people in that category. I'm going to tell you that right now. There are not a lot of people in our lives who have given us more than they've taken from us. But in that small category, in that small circle, there are some very special people in your life who have consistently given more than they've taken from you. Perhaps you've thanked them on the small occasions where they've done something or said something. You've been careful to say thank you. But I want to ask you to think about expressing gratitude for who that person has been to you. Not just what they've done or what they've said, but you as a person, just your very life stands in my life as a beacon of hope. It's like an anchor for me. When I feel like abandoning things I believe in, your steady faithfulness helps me remember that's who I am too. When I feel like skipping out on my commitments, breaking my promises, throwing my arms up in despair, and I see you still going on, even though it's hard for you to keep going on, something about your faithfulness makes me remember who I am, and I won't quit on God because I see that you don't quit on God and he hasn't quit on you. I feel like I'm in darkness walking through a tunnel. But God's used you to poke some light in that dark and to remind me who I was before the pain came, who I want to be when the pain is gone. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to forget who I am. And your faith and your steadiness has helped me a great deal. That next slide, uh, a simple act of gratitude. It's a book, and I'm just going to save you some money. Um, It's a horribly written book. I bought it, I read it, and I extracted some goodness out of it. But I will give you the Cliff's Notes version and save you $9.99. It's a beautiful idea. Not a beautiful book. <clears throat> and in it, the author, John Kralik, I hope I'm saying his name right, he was, he's a, an attorney, and he was at the very lowest point of his life. His family, his second marriage had ended His new girlfriend had dumped him. He was estranged from his older two adult sons. No one in his life wanted to have anything to do with him. His clients stopped paying their bills. His practice was about to go under. His health was a mess. He was in huge debt. Overall, this guy's life was a total mess. And at the lowest point when he was really like, you know, it would almost be better if I got hit by a car so I could at least have a month in the hospital to have no responsibilities. He fantasized about getting hit by a car just to get a break from this life of his. And in the midst of that lowest point, someone sent him a handwritten thank you card. And the card was just, it was so simple. It just said, listen, John, uh, maybe you don't hear this enough, but I wanted to just say thank you because you got me through a really rough period in my life. You made me feel like there was a little hope when I was giving up hope, and I just wanted to thank you for the the impact you had on my life during a really dark season. Just wanted to make sure I said that to you. 
And as this woman poured out this simple word of kindness and gratitude, he said he was amazed at the power that card had over his heart. It did something inside of him. It didn't change a thing in his circumstances, but it changed his perspective. And I've said for years at this church, we see what we look at. Do you understand that if you walked into a movie theater and faced the back of the room, you would, you would have a very different experience than most of the other people in that room? You can say, all I see is this, and I'm telling you, you see what you look at, and you see what you look for. And all he saw was what was. He didn't see anything else until this woman poked through that veil and said, I want you to know something else about you. Your life isn't just a mess. It's a difference maker. You brought hope to me in the lowest moment, and you need to know that's also who you are. And it had power to reshape how he thought about himself and this life. And what he said was it lifted his morale. So he had all this stationery with his old office address, and he was going to lose his lease in a year. So he said, what do I do with this stack of letterhead? And he made his mind up right then. I'm going to send one thank you note to a different person in my life every day for the next year. And this book chronicles that journey, and there are some wonderful nuggets in there. And a couple of the things he mentioned is he noticed that some of the people he was most thankful for, he had drifted apart from over the years. These are people, he said, were some of the most important human beings on the planet to him, but he couldn't remember their address. He said, how is it possible that this person means so much to me, and I don't even know where to send this card? Why do we drift apart from some of the people who mean the most to us? And it's a question worth exploring. This kind of exercise awakened a lot of really good reflections and questions in his life. And as a result, he started getting their address just to send the card and in the process rebuilt some very broken relationships with people he cared about and loved. He also found that it started to become stressful. When you decide you're going to send one thank you note every day for 365 days, he said this in his book, I I grabbed all the Christmas presents I'd received, like six of them that year, and I wrote thank you notes for all of them. And I was like, oh, shoot. I got like 359 left. I don't, what do I do? And he said, do I have enough to be thankful for that I'm going to be able to write a note every day like I set out to? And another great insight he said was, as I began having to do this, I began looking for the people who had meant something to me, who had touched my life. I started being more attentive just as I walked through my world at the little kindnesses people were doing, and I made a note of them. And what he said was every single day, he did not have to strain to find someone to express gratitude to. I think that's true for most of us if we make up our mind that that's where we will go today. That we will not dwell in the very thing that sucks the life out of us and rehearse again and again the tunnel we are journeying through, but decide just today, just for today, I'm going to express gratitude and I'm going to start looking for reasons to be thankful. I guarantee you, if that's your heart, you will start to be surprised at how many people and how many things there are to be grateful for. The timing couldn't have been better. As I was reading this book this week, a young lady in this congregation, a fairly recent newcomer to the church, sent me the most beautiful 
gold embossed handwritten. It was like such 1800 stuff. I was like, wow, this is amazing. People are still doing this. I had, I haven't received a card like that in a really long time, just this handwritten thing. And she just wanted to say thank you for the warm welcome she's received from so many here at Harvest in the few weeks she's visited. And you know who you are. I've asked you permission if I could just mention this. I won't mention your name, but thank you. I'm reading this book thinking, oh, it must be nice to get thank you cards. I'm sure it has this great effect. And then I got one on Wednesday, and I was like, oh, my gosh. That card gave me such a lift in my spirit. And it reminded me that despite some of the reports I've heard from some visitors, this is a very welcoming church. And for people apprehensive and looking for a place to call home, for many people who have passed through here, that welcome has made a huge difference in their lives. So I just want to thank you for sending me that card. I don't know if you realized how divinely appointed the timing was, but it was like God said, I'm going to, I'm going to teach this kid what it feels like. And it, it really did have its, its effect on me. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.